0: All right, it's the Ohio Podcast, the Highland Podcast. I pulled my own name wrong. Uh, not professional, not good. Um, I'm with an old friend, George Thomas. We hung out together. We used to work at the um, Lake Erie or Lake, Lake Erie County. Harold. Yes. Um, and, and George, uh, we got along well. There was one day where I wore a Steelers coat to work, and George scowled at me. And George it really triggered Joe. And, you know, it scared me. I was a little frightened, but it was good. But George and I got along well. And now, George, it's funny for the maybe the three people who are going to listen to this who have worked at the News Herald. Uh, George, I'm, well, George, sorry, it's late tonight. Um, George has now joined the News Herald South team. As he, Craig Webb, Alan Ashworth, Alan Ashworth, everybody's not the be control. How's that going down there?
1: Uh, you know, I haven't been in the office since March, but yeah, Craig is still there, Alan is still there. A couple people from the News Herald have moved on. I
0: don't okay. know
1: if you remember Cliff Pinkard,
0: yes, yes. Um,
1: and uh, Phil Trexler is at Channel 3 now.
0: Wow, yep, yeah,
1: I, I don't remember who else came down, but.
0: And gonna- my work buddy, who I used to work under, uh, Laura, it's Kessel now. She's actually uh, with our Gannett family at the Alliance Review. I, and I'll tell you, Mike Shear, the head guy at the Acrobat Beat Control, he hired me to Gannett a long time ago. So ah. it's funny. Um, you know, George and I worked together. We're with um, Gannett, and it's funny how everybody. It seems like I, everybody I'm working with now, I've worked with sometimes during my career uh it's fun It's kind of interesting but yeah well we're not here to talk about new child memories wanted to talk a little bit about movies and the browns have got a pretty big game and uh, george is a full-time sports writer and george also covers movies and i like both so let's talk a little bit about what's happening um we're going to link to some of his recent reviews so you can take a look at it on the podcast but first of all george you saw wonder woman 1984. Haven't seen it yet. I wasn't impressed by the first one. You didn't seem too impressed either. What what was your take on that?
1: Oh, I like the first one. I like the first one a lot. Okay. The second one is bloated and just all over the place. I I wasn't particularly interested in the villain. Either one of the villains in this case, uh Max Lord and Cheetah, it was messy. And, you know, it's Wonder Woman. It's the twenty first century. You have to get into the politics of a modern day, a, a modern day Wonder Woman, in that more than likely, she's she represents feminists. Okay, and that's great, perfect. Problem is, problem is, in the second one, Patty Jenkins, the director and co writer of the film seems to think she can't be a feminist and have everything else that everyone else has. Now, the, when I say that, I mean her love. Now, I could be wrong, and it's been set up for, for the third movie, which they've already announced. But, you know, she positioned her as this character that that gives up everything to take on this role as as a hero. Considering all the male superheroes do the same thing with the exception of someone like Flash who who eventually gets married. Um, Iron Man eventually gets married. I I get it, but it's like, eh, it wasn't executed well for me. Plus the damn thing is so bloated. I mean, there is a half hour opening. Really? yeah, Yeah, let's call about 20 minutes of her participating in a, a competition as a child that literally can be summed up in three minutes on screen yeah. and, and get you right into the movie. And then in the process, she can cut her run time from 2.31 to... Oh, jeez. Even, even Two and a
0: half hours, okay? I, I'm out.
1: <laughs> a, I'm all for two-and-a-half-hour comic book movies if they're compelling, if there's right. something there. This doesn't do any really do anything to move the story forward as far as I was concerned. Well, so. you know, the, the other thing, too, and
0: I don't know. I mean, the issue I have with the first Wonder Woman movie is every film has a message, and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with whatever the message is, whatever political side you're on. That's fine. The only issue I had was I watched the other day Lincoln. I love Lincoln, it's great. Lincoln has messages, and especially with what's happening in current day politics, your mind gravitates toward that. You know, when you watch Lincoln, you kind of think, wow, how's this different than what's happening today and all this other stuff. But it wasn't screamed at me. The only issue I have with, I mean, I admire what they were trying to say in Wonder Woman, I think they were just screaming at me. I, I'm like, okay, you don't have to scream at me. I, I get the point. Like Lincoln, I bet you if we had the Lincoln director on, he probably said, man, I'm, I'm trying to tell you this, that, and everything. And that was great because he let me wrap it up. And I think it meant a lot more to me because I was making my interpretation. Wonder Woman, and again, it's just my opinion. I, I thought the first one kind of screamed, you know, hey, this is what we want you to believe. I'm like, okay, just – Tone it down a little bit, you know? Tell me, but don't scream
1: at me. What are you talking about, the politics, though? Well,
0: some of the politics, and I, I mean, the feminism is fine. I like that. I like the fact that women represented. because usually when you look at comic book hero movies, you know, it's the big burly men and everything. So I, I liked that part of it. It just seemed like they were
1: screaming that
0: part of it to me. Now, and that, but, that was the only thing. Uh,
1: now, now, I want you to think about that and take it in the context of the time. Okay, sure. And the character basically has to scream, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. I I understand your perspective. But I think that that may have had to do more with the context of the time than anything. 1984, mm, there's still problems. Just right. like there, there are problems today. Oh, of course. But it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's messy. But I, I, I see what you're saying. It's because the first movie was set wasn't
0: like in the thirties. It was it was back. World War One. Oh, okay. Yes, you're right. You're right. Okay. No, I I see that, and that's fine. And like I said, I can't tell movie directors how to do it. And you know, some movie directors are a little bit better. I that was, I guess, the only thing. It wasn't a horrible movie. I, the two and a half hours thing kind of gets me a little bit. I, sometimes I get lost a little bit. I want more of a compact movie, but I I don't know if I agree with the people who say any two and a half hour movie is bad because sometimes you need two and a half hours to tell a story. Like Titanic, you can't tell that story in you know an hour and a half. So yeah.
1: I think Lincoln was two and a half hours. So
0: that it it spoke to me, and I I love a good historical drama for one. And I, I just, there was a lot you can delve out of it. And, again, it doesn't matter what side of political value you're on. I, I, I man, I, I was compelled. I watched it the other day, and, you know, I think that's why it was suck out a little bit more in my mind. So, well, very good. Okay, well, let's talk about Soul. And, George, you're going to hate me for this. But I, New Year's Eve, got, got had my kids. We, we were, our whole family was sitting together. And I'm like, let's watch Soul.
1: You you a to your kids. I fell asleep. They're, so, they're, that's not and, a kid's movie. Well, it really is not a kid's movie. It and, for for preteens, older, you know, getting into the teen years. But I'd argue, nah, that, that's not a kid's movie. I don't care if it does say Pixar.
0: Yeah, my last conscious moment before I slipped off was my wife's like, dang, this is kind of dark, you know, so, yeah. <laughs>
1: It's deep, it's contemplative, it's reflect, it's all that stuff. And it's going to go whoosh, right over most kids' head. Me? Right. I loved it. Yeah. Well, think oh, I it, heard
0: lots of good things about that.
1: I think it ranks as one of Pixar's best. Because, because it's, it, it wanted to do something different. And I don't know if you saw Inside Out. Yeah. it, it It's everything that Inside Out wanted to be. Okay, and and it, it, it's done much better, and I like like the music, I like the esoteric kind of feeling with it. I yeah. like I like the beauty of it. I like the yeah. performance up, performances in it. I love the story, and it it made you think, and and yeah. that's but see I get what you're saying there. I mean, it, it Pixar. And it's good to see that they don't rest on their hip, their heels at all. They don't try to do the same thing all the time. Yeah. Now, they've been, last year they had a movie called Onward that I wasn't wild about. But I saw them trying working on, on doing something different. It didn't work for me. Eh. This one worked for me a lot, obviously. so. Yeah.
0: And you're, you're right. And I, it was a good movie. I, I was tired that night. I would have fallen asleep to anything. But I, I think the thing that struck me we have an eight year old uh, daughter, adopted daughter. She's of color. And, you know, whenever she turns on Disney, Plus, she's going to Tangled, she's going to Frozen. I understand why they're all white casts. I mean, I, I'm not going to debate and argue with them on why there weren't more people of color in their movies or whatever. But, I was drawn to Soul saying, Man, this is a movie of uh, I, I hope can appeal more to her. Where and I love the fact that they kind of, I'm not sure if it was a conscious decision or if it was one that just kind of reflected the story they were trying to tell. But showing that to her it, it made me feel special. I'm like, Great, this isn't just another all white cast. And I like that part of it.
1: Well the the Joe, the Joe Gardner was initially yeah. a white character. Oh, okay. They brought in Kemp Powers, okay, who was a co-director on it. I think he also did something with the script, but um, he um, he wrote a play and a movie, "One Night in Miami," that you're going to be hearing a lot about in the next couple weeks. It's going to start streaming on Amazon Prime, which is fantastic. But Joe Gardner was initially white. Okay. I, I get what you're saying. If you're looking for something for something like that from Disney, try the Frog Princess. Oh,
0: okay. I don't think we've caught that yet. I mean, she gravitated. She wants to watch Tangled and Frozen a billion times. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so
1: she was the first. Well, after uh, she was the first African American, quote unquote, princess. Okay. For, the the main character in that, and it's set in New Orleans. So you might want to give that a shot. Okay,
0: I, I, I'd love to. That'd be great. And I think. I think you're right. Yeah, it definitely wasn't a movie for younger kids. Oh. Maybe it, well, maybe it sparks a conversation. I mean, I wouldn't say show it to your eight year old, but you know, maybe it sparks a conversation for a little older
1: kid. I don't know, yeah. but and, and, like I said, it made you think about yeah. a very deep and personal level about what you're doing, how you're living your life, and it's like, oh yeah, oh. and you don't expect to get that of most animated films.
0: Well, and I thought it was interesting, too, because Disney Plus, it's gone over really well. It's been popular. But I like the fact that Disney Plus is trying to slowly appeal to older people, too. I mean, it's not just saying, "Okay, you can watch Frozen for free. You don't have to buy the DVD or whatever else. I like the fact. I mean, they had Taylor Swift, um, you know, concerts on there and some other stuff that probably wouldn't be good to show to your little kid. So I kind of like how they're trying to appeal to more people too. So, yeah, you're right. Not a movie for young kids, but I, I like the touch they're doing. I, they're they're kind of appealing to all ages, which I think is important, especially to reach our audience. Money.
1: Money. money. <laughs> they have parents with money. They, yeah. they can't, with that service, they can't risk just catering to... That younger demographic simply right. because eventually they're going to age out of it. Now, I'm of the theory that even after they age out of it, they come they come back to it. I mean, I went back to Disney for the, their quote quote unquote second golden age of animation movies like The Little Mermaid, uh, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, The Lion King. I went back because of those. So, yeah but those films also work on that child adult level. Yeah. So cool. but yeah, you're right. They're they're catering more to just and they're realizing uh oh Chris, and they're realizing that uh, even with something like the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. I mean, look, I saw Star Wars in the theaters. I was yeah. I mean, that was my my childhood. But to see something like the Mandalorian, and mind you, I enjoy it. I didn't get as geeked about it like I did Star Wars as a kid. But I got, when 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 Luke Skywalker, sorry for the spoiler if you've not seen, mm-hmm. when Luke Skywalker shows up in the final episode of the second season, I geeked out. I'm, yeah. sitting, I'm sitting in my, my office watching with my son, and he obviously knew what was going to happen. I didn't. And all I can say is, hold it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and you're right. And even from the start, you know, you had Star Wars, the superhero movies, too. So, they were obviously going for a little bit older audience there, too. So, yeah, Disney Plus is a good thing. I mean, I, I'm excited about that. My wife is excited about Discovery Plus. She's into the TLC shows. So I get
1: um, it. I'm not paying for that one.
0: Yeah, well... <laughs> She watches a lot of 90 Day Fiance, and, hey, we all have our quirks. We all have our issues. <laughs> That's her. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I, I watch too much NFL football, so it's fine, I, I guess. Um, let's also talk news of the world. I I was interested in it. You know, I, I, I fancied myself a podcaster, and somebody said, man, this is like this guy was one of the original podcasters. What What did you think about that movie?
1: It's – Unexpected for Paul Greengrass, who's, who's best known for directing Bourne films. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not an action film. It's mm-hmm. got enough action to serve the story. But this is a story about a, a newsreader, basically, a man after our own hearts. Hey. <laughs> From town to town in Texas, yeah. the dime ahead, reading news to, to people in towns in, in Townsend, Texas. Um, it, it's about a man looking to find his place in life after having served in the Confederate Army and trying to to navigate this world where the Confederacy lost. And it doesn't the character um, that Tom Hanks plays in the film, seemed to have been a participant in the civil war more out of duty than anything else it, it, it seems very apolitical as if he wasn't on, on any side you know what i mean it was a it was a regional duty thing if that that yeah. makes sense you know what i mean right so he's just trying to make sure people can deal with the new reality that's the best way to put it, put it It's filmed gorgeous. It looks gorgeous on film. I mean, movies like Soul, News of the World, you don't watch it on a – I've got a 65-inch TV, still too small. You see these movies – you need to see these movies in the theater. I mean, it's just gorgeous. And Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was that the movie where he caught COVID? You remember when COVID first came? I can't remember if he was filming that or something else.
1: I don't know. He was in Australia when he was diagnosed, so I don't know. I don't remember if they. I, I didn't look at the location where they filmed it, so I couldn't honestly say. But,
0: but Tom Hanks, I mean, I can't remember the last bad movie he did. I mean, he, he always pumps out good hits. I, I'm glad to hear that this one's a good one, and not just a good one, but one you got watched on a big screen. Well,
1: there've been the, there's been the occasional Tom Hanks stinker. The thing is, there's right. certain. There are certain actors who may appear in a mediocre movie, but they never, ever give a bad performance. Tom Hanks, Denzel Washington, Chad Bozeman was on his way to be. Oh, yeah. And so you see the movie for for his name, for for the name Tom Hanks, but it's a good movie. Oh, yeah. And I like Paul Greengrass, so. Well, and you're right.
0: You know, Tom Hanks. Not everything he's done's been gold, gold, gold. But it's good to see even some of the movies that have been eh, so-so. Tom Hanks kind of makes it better because of Tom Hanks' stature.
1: You know, think about it. This is a dude that ter- that, that 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 turned Bachelor Party mm. into a pop culture phenomenon at, of its time. Maybe not All a right. phenomenon, but it was a real huge, unexpected hit. Yeah, now In today's – if it hit the way it did back then today, it would have a ton of means. It's that simple.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it would have been great. And, and you know, he's so respected and everything else. Yeah, and no, I'm glad to hear it's good. You know, I was kind of nervous. I'm like, oh, hopefully it doesn't go over bad. But I saw some good reviews. So it was good to read your good review of it too. Uh, before we move to football – Um, Kind of a weird time, you know, you talk about, hey, it's good to see some movies in the theater, Uh, but right now, obviously, with COVID, um, you know, there's limitations on, you know, what movie theaters are open and everything else. Do you think overall it's good? I mean, that, you know, you can download these movies right away and watch them?
1: Now, mind you, I'm, quote, unquote, progressive on most issues. I'm going to be a, a crotchety old weasel on this one. No movie should go. No movie filmed for the big screen should bypass the big screen. Right. Soul needs to be seen on a big screen, and I hope I can see it there someday, eventually. Tenant, when they thought this this COVID thing was abating in the summer, they held, held a critic screening in the theater. I'm glad they did. Um, me and four other movie critics from the, the, the Cleveland area, saw it in a theater. A movie like that needs to be seen on the big screen. Um, News of the World needs to be seen on the big screen. Movie movie theaters don't need to go anywhere. I'm sorry. I'm never going to be amenable to watching a movie on this. Yeah. Ever. All right. I don't, I, I don't get it. And I, I have that go around with my, my sons all the time. How can you watch on that screen? You lose so much detail. Right. I mean, it's 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 a movie for a reason. It's it's film for right. a reason. There's information there you should be absorbing if you're paying attention. It's not just words, and and some most screens aren't going to do those films justice. Um, whether streaming quote usurps theatrical. I don't think so. Here's what I think is going to happen. Number one, keep in mind that global box office in 2019 was worth about $43 billion. Mm -hmm. $12 billion of that came out of America. Mm -hmm. All right. Studios, producers, everybody would have to give up that income or have a basically unlimited streaming audience. Nobody's going to pay for five, six, seven services except idiots like me. But but, there used to be they're called they were called the Paramount Accords laws that prevented um, prevented movie studios from owning theaters. That those laws were repealed. I want to say the end of 19, don't quote me, but they're gone. Right. What right. we see, eventually we'll see what will happen, is movie studios get back into theatrical business, and they essentially cut out the middleman, right. period, which would be the theater chains. I think that's where this is heading eventually.
0: Well, and I'm kind of wondering, too, I mean... W- the hope i guess is if the vaccines take hold and all these vaccines come across we might get back to normal whatever that means maybe by the fall and i'm wondering like you were saying we're pumping out soul we're pumping out news of the world movies like that it's gonna be interesting to see what happens when things start getting back to normal? Are are we going to say, hey, let's bring back Soul to the theater because not many people got to see it. You know, it was like when sports went away and when it came back, you had six professional sports going on right at the same time. I wonder if it's going to be the same way with movies where you'll see the new movies coming out, but at the same time you'll say, hey, news of the world, it's a little old, but we want to bring it back so everyone can watch it at the theater. It might be a golden age for movies.
1: Um, It's possible. Um, I think... Picture the fifth fifth anniversary of Soul, and they do a wide release. That that makes more sense to me because that's going to hit Blu-ray 4K probably within the next three to four months. So, but you haven't had that theatrical experience. They'll milk. milk they've already sacrificed it. Bottom line, so they're going to try and milk it as for as much as they can on the front end. And you know, Disney Plus is subscriber based. Just yeah. exploded. I mean, blew away every projection they had. So, and one in 1984, that was all about juicing HBO Max's right. subscriber numbers. So,
0: right. we'll see. Well, and at a higher price point too, so maybe they could justify that because you're paying 15 bucks. I mean, kind of surprised me when Disney Plus does it because you are saw about six, seven bucks a month, and you know HBO Max, you know, to pay 15 bucks. I almost want a little bit more juice, you know. And you're right. I, I don't think we need to watch big, awesome movies on small screens, but you know, give give me more content for 15 bucks a month. I guess that's what I'm saying. Whatever it might be, you know sign up a couple of crappy you know, sitcoms so I can watch my HBO Max or whatever the case might be. <laughs> so, um, Oh, one other thing before we move to football I forgot. Uh, it, it, this is going to sound kind of silly because it's not a critic's best choice for a movie. But hey, you're in Akron. Akron's known as the home of LeBron James. What's the latest on this Space Jam 2? Now, I'm not saying it's going to be an Academy Award winning movie or anything. What have you has can- it heard from it? Like, When's it coming out? Is it going to be anything of value, or is it going to be just more of a ha-ha type of film?
1: Well, he can't be worse than Jordan was in Space Jam 1. Keep in mm-hmm. mind, Space Jam came out when I was still at the News Herald. I don't yeah. know if you remember me doing all, all the movie junkets I used to do. Yeah. <clears throat> I did the junket for Space Jam 1. <laughs> Jordan didn't even show up for interviews. So it's coming out on on HBO Max. They're not going to release it to the theaters. It's coming out this summer on HBO Max. Oh, okay. So, look for it then. Like I said, can't be worse than one. Then again, I could always be wrong. I was a
0: huge NBA fan at the time. I'm not as much of an NBA fan. So I kind of liked it for more of the humor of it. You know, I'm an old Looney Tunes fan. I'm an NBA fan. I brought my wife and I said, look, this is going to be dumb. This is not going to be fun. You're probably going to hate this, but just let me enjoy it. And I enjoyed it just for the goofy NBA Looney Tunes stuff. I mean, obviously, there was no redeemable news of the world value or anything else like that. It was just kind of a... A goofy thing. I'm expecting Space Jam two to be along the same lines.
1: It's a it's a goofy summer movie. That's what it was. Yes. And right. I, in my review back then, I don't remember ripping it. I I just said it is what it is what it is. Oh, and when I, I walked in there
0: going, hey, I want to geek out some NBA guys liked at the time, and I want to watch the Williams Tunes." And, hey, it gave you that. And it was great. And I think the next, the new movie is going to do that. So for a new generation of people who like the younger guys that don't know who Charles Barkley is on the basketball court, hey, why not? It'll be fun. Uh, let's talk about NFL. I know, George, you and I joked around about Steelers against Browns. We'll leave that out of it. But, you know, you've been covering Browns a lot this year. Uh, Browns, they beat the Steelers, which helped me out. I mean, I was a kid, and the Steelers and Browns used to play these donkey basketball games in the off season, And I got missed when the Browns beat the Steelers in donkey basketball. So I get it. You know, Steelers have not play that many people. Browns were missing some people and everything. What what have you heard? I know you were part of the interviews today. What have you heard about how different this game could be? Like the Browns are expecting to get some people back on Sunday night. Obviously the Steelers have some people back. It could be a different complexion of the game, I guess, than what you saw on Sunday from both sides.
1: Well, you know, there, there's a sneaking suspicion that that Kevin Stefanski had an idea they would be matching up again. Therefore, you look at, the, look at Nick Chubb's rushing numbers. Yeah, from Sunday, he carried fourteen times for like hundred and eight yards with that, and he was missing for most of the second half. If I'm not,
0: yeah,
1: that surprised me. Tail tail end of the fourth quarter to basically ice the game. That that was that was it. Um, I think the Browns played it close to the vest Sunday, and I think they did. enough of what they needed to do to eke out a win. I mean, it was scary for Browns fans. Right. But if if that's what happened, you got to give Stefanski credit for for being able to get that out of his guys. Uh,
0: And and doing that while they still won the game. Because when you do that, you take a risk saying, hey, you know, this is going to look really silly if we lost. And he was able to have a conservative – you know, viewpointing the game while still winning the game, which is important.
1: Yeah. yeah. As for what's going to happen, happen Sunday? Ugh. I never. Does be- back? Huh? I thought he was out for
0: sure, but I heard something that he might be back Sunday night.
1: The the thing about coaches, and you know this, they're in the gamesmanship. Okay. Stefanski wasn't giving up any COVID information. As the-
0: okay.
1: Not, not on a Monday. Right. He's playing that close to the vest too. Well, before um,
0: what, what's happening in COVID, who knows who's going to have COVID by end of the week? I mean, it could be a very different game on either side.
1: Right? He would neither confirm nor deny that Denzel Ward would be back. Was there any
0: conversation? I know you know longtime Browns' favorite Joe Hayden. He's not off the Steelers. He missed the game. It looks like he's going to miss well, potentially missed the game on Sunday. Uh, he had a COVID incident, I guess at a birthday party, and it knocked him out and Eric Ebron and one of the new linebackers out. Uh, was there any talking? I, mean, I know you guys don't cover the Steelers, but anybody hear about what happened with Joe Hayden? I, I know he was kind of frustrated he missed the game on Sunday.
1: They knew he was out, but that's about it. Yeah. I mean, as far as the details, here's one of the things about – Stefanski and the Browns as they're constituted now, they don't they really don't worry about anything outside of their locker room. I mean, whereas before you get the occasional bulletin board com- comment, no, nah, no, nah. none of that sneaks out anymore. None of the the snarkiness or any of the that that type of trash gets out anymore. He's really flipped the culture there. Oh yeah,
0: what changed from last year?
1: Jeez. It's it's really literally about business. Yeah. And we get tired of hearing about we just want to go one and no this week, but that's what they preach. Right. And to be honest, that's probably how they should preach it.
0: How how do you guys see, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield? He's had a good season. He's had some games where he's looked unbelievable. I mean, if he plays Sunday night like he did in the first half against the Titans, I mean, it's over. You know, Cleveland wins by 40. Uh, But he's had some shaky games. And on the other side, Pittsburgh, you know, Ben's had some really good games. And Ben's had like the Biggles game the other week. I mean, I could probably throw a better first half than Ben did. Is it hard to figure out what might happen? Because if one guy's really good and one guy's really bad, it could be a, you know, a lot game either way.
1: Everybody seems to have confidence in Baker. I mean, it's his team now. I mean, I think you, you mentioned those shaky games. Uh, yeah. I think it had more to do, and his regression last season had more to do than with with the upheaval there, the coaching situation as far as Freddie Kitchens not knowing – Freddie Kitchens being inexperienced. I don't want to slam Freddie. Freddie was good to the media. He was a nice guy. Right. The inexperience showed. Yeah. In of course, terms yeah. Of Anthony, he has confidence in himself. He has confidence in his offensive scheme. And part of that, part of Baker's issue, issues may have been just, and he said it actually, adjusting to the offense. I mean, the, their bye came at the midway point of the season, exactly after eight games. And he said him and Stefanski and, and Alex Van Pelt, the offensive coordinator, went back and looked at every – play on the field. And if you look at his numbers from the ninth game on, you see the improvement. Um, I think that the game that against the Jets you know, they're all going to say next man up, but he didn't have his receivers. Right. They had their walkthrough in a parking garage.
0: Right. Well, and they were missing some linemen, too, which hurt as well because the running game wasn't getting going right away and Baker was being pressured. I, I'll tell you, if the Steelers were going to be win on Sunday, they got pressure, Baker. I mean, I mean, I think when things were going better for the Steelers in Sunday's game, they were able to get pressure. I was surprised they were able to get pressure because they really didn't have anybody to pressure the guy. So, I mean, T.J. Watt's got play out of his mind. If they neutralize T.J. Watt, the Browns have a really good chance to win this game.
1: And see, the thing is, what what Pittsburgh has to understand is they're not playing the same team that they played when they beat the Browns at thirty-seven to seven yeah. to start the season. Chase Claypool doesn't seem to understand that. Um, if you if you look at I, reports today, he made some comment about you know we beat him thirty-seven to seven earlier this season. Blah 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, dude, not the same team. Now, a lot of that is going to hinge on whether they can get their secondary in order prior to Sunday, if, if Ward's yeah. back, if uh, Kevin Johnson is able to go. A lot of that is going to depend on that, I think. But it's not the same team. Well,
0: and what's strange about the Steelers when their receivers are on, it can be lights out. I mean, Deontay Johnson's looked amazing some games. Deontay Johnson can't catch a ball the other games. Uh, Juju, I think he's consistent, but there's games where Juju will have one catch for two yards this year, which is kind of crazy. And Chase Claypool, I, I love the guy, but Chase Claypool, he hadn't played that much. He had 100 yards on Sunday against the Browns, but he didn't play that much. And from what I heard from Tomlin, Uh, There was some thought of maybe they were limiting his snaps so he's healthy for the playoffs. I don't know if I buy that or not. But, you know, I I look at Chase Claypool's unknown. I mean, he could be great, he could be bad. So it's tough. I I still think this AFC is definitely in Kansas City and Buffalo's favor. But I, I think, you know, the Steelers have a puncher's chance and the Browns have a puncher's chance. It's just what team gets hot? And if, you know, even if the Browns and Steelers get hot, they have a shot. I don't have as much faith in either team that do that as much as I do the Chiefs. Chiefs have been playing shaky, but they could put together. The Bills are playing amazing. I, 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 I mean, wouldn't bet on Josh that's
1: Allen. That's the team you have to watch. Yeah. You have My, to watch Josh Allen and the Bills because they look sneaky dangerous. And Miami needed to win that game.
0: Miami was one of the top wildcard teams going into Sunday. They were well positioned for the playoffs. They needed to win, and they gave up 56 to Buffalo. And I saw that score. I'm like, dang. And I certainly wanted Pittsburgh to try to get that number two seed because I know it doesn't matter quite as much without fans. No. fans. in I think Pittsburgh says they're going to have some fans, but it, it's probably going to be like Cleveland, maybe 10 13,000 at most. But I really was thinking, man, if they can get by the first round, they need to have Buffalo at home. And I think if they win this game on Sunday – it's over, George. I mean, the season's gonna be over next week uh, because going into Buffalo, it's it's tough. And I, I, but I think it's gonna be a good AFC title game. I mean, I think a uh, Bills-Chiefs title game. I, I'd watch that. I think it's gonna be good.
1: So, no, watch it.
0: It hurt me. Yeah, sometimes when my teams get knocked out, I don't want to see it. But if it's a good game, it's going to be good. And Kansas City, I think they're beatable. I think the problem with Kansas City, though, is they can put 30 points in a very short time. So even if they're not playing well, if they score 30 points in 10 minutes like they've done several times this year, it's done. i mean, sorry, right, you know, because there's not many teams in the AFC that can you know, pump up that type of points that they can.
1: But see, they, they even showed that tendency in, in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Just playing eh, disinterested, it seemed like. And all of a sudden, they're ahead by 10. So, yeah. People talk about it this season, but it's really nothing new. Yeah. You know,
0: I wanted to ask, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but um, yeah, a good piece I, I saw about um, the Baker Mayfield Miles Garrett thing. Obviously, that was <laughs> amazingly blown out, you know, with the fight they had last year. It was good they actually sat and talked a little bit. I don't think it was a, a definite reconciliation or anything, but I like the fact where you know some people are like, oh it's gonna be a bloodbath. They're gonna be rolling on the ground fighting each other. And I like the fact at least they were civil to each other. I thought that was good after the game.
1: Yeah well I wasn't expecting a lot from Miles on the field from this game he'll, he's still recovering from COVID. So that aside, he did the right thing and tried to bury the hatchet.
0: I think with Mason Rudolph and who knows what was said. I mean, you know, it's a, I, 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 it's hard to know for sure. I mean, we're not going to know. I, I think Mason Rudolph last year, what got, in his head he got hurt against Baltimore where he had a concussion and I think his play went down major after that. I think the concussion freaked him out and I think probably you know whatever Miles Garrett did if it was a good play or bad play I don't even know. I think that kind of set Mason off not based on that Miles Garrett's a bad man. I think it was more of a Mason got freaked out because Mason got knocked out cold against Baltimore. And I think he just freaked out, and and he lost his cool and temper with that. So I think that's where it came to. You know, the other thing that I thought was interesting, I love – I know Cream Hunt's gotten in trouble, and, you know, I know he's a local guy He's gotten in trouble, but I kind of like the guy's attitude. I'll tell you, George, I know Nick Chubb's better. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Cream Hunt's a better athlete than Nick Chubb. But I like the fact how Cream Hunt's kind of taken a secondary role. I mean, this team's like the Steelers that would take Cream Hunt in a millisecond and make Cream Hunt your 30 carry game back. And I, I think Cream knows he put himself in that position with the trouble he got in the Kansas City. I think that's why he's a second-string back. But I think the Browns have what a you know what a gift the Browns have to have two running backs like that. It's amazing.
1: Keep in mind. He he signed an extension. He got paid. Yeah. So uh, he's he's happy to be home. He, you're right. He's got the right attitude. He just needs to keep on the keep right. Lean. Yeah. So how how much more is Chubb
0: signed for? I mean, I can't imagine the Browns.
1: He's still on his rookie deal.
0: Wow. That's the everything. When you have a running back like that or, or a quarterback, I mean, you know, whatever you think about Baker Mayfield having quarterback like that rookie deal, that helps. I mean, Pittsburgh's uh, Big Ben's under a forty-one. Uh, I think it was a forty-one million dollar salary cap number, and I think he'll renegotiate it. But my goodness, <laughs> Big Ben's not what he used to be. And forty-one million is rough. <laughs> it's nice to have a quarterback under a rookie deal. I mean, it definitely helps when you look at your salary cap and constructing the rest of your team. And you know that's why. Well, I have good things to be said about Cleveland, not just for their chances on Sunday, but the next couple of years because of that. You've got a good run- quarterback and a stud running back under his rookie deals. That definitely helps. If you do that, it helps you pay some of these other guys a lot. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Should be good. All right. Well, George, hey, appreciate it. Anything else you want to add about the movies or the Brown
1: Steelers? This is cool. I enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. Thank you. And I think we went 21 minutes over your list. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, the thing I like about this is
0: I work with the web, with Gannett and, you know, all the papers there. And we're talking about doing stuff with Gannett. I'll I'll tell you a little bit off off air about what we're looking at. But I like this because I love talking to reporters. I love talking with old friends. I love talking about goofy stuff. We've, We've had different stuff. And this kind of gives me the freedom where we can kind of not follow Gannett's rules and everything. So it's good to talk to Gannett reporters. I've had a lot of dispatch people on here as well. But it's fun just to talk about things that I care about too. Uh, I have a Steelers podcast as part of it. And I know that would never go over well in, <laughs> with the Acrobeca Journal or anything else like that. But it, it's nice to be able to do that. But I know podcasting is a, a big deal and it's fun. And I love the idea. It gives me a, a chance to practice it. And I'm sharing on a professional level, but it's good to learn and everything. So, no, thank you. And let's do this again. There's a lot of great topics to talk about. Uh, we haven't even gotten to the whole race issue. And man, George, you and I were having a private discussion on Facebook <laughs> regarding one of those things that were happening. And yeah, I mean, I love to kind of delve into that because you know, being a parent of a, a person of color and everything, it's just there's a lot of issues. And I know. I'm probably have dipped my toe in where you know a lot of other people have definitely experienced so much more than I've had, but it's really opened my eyes and it, it's been interesting seeing some of the junk that's happening, especially yeah. down here in Columbus. I mean, we've had two unarmed people of color that have been killed in the past couple weeks, and it, it's ridiculous. It's just insane. Uh, George, I called 911. I had somebody knock at my door at 5 a.m. It freaked me out. I called 911. I walked out the front door. I wasn't even thinking about where my hands were and my hands could have been in my pocket and nothing happened to me. Uh, You look at Andre Hill, you know, Andre Hill, um, he looks like you. He looks like me. He's not a young (laughs) whippersnapper. He's a middle aged (laughs) overweight guy like we are. And the awful thing about it is his hands weren't shown and Andre Hill sadly lost his life. And I, I was telling my wife that, and, and my wife looked at me and said, you know what it is, you're white. And it broke my heart. I mean, it's true. It broke my heart. And I'd love to talk to you, with you about that. There's so much crap going on. And it'd be good just to kind of get a feeling for what's happening. And something's got to change, man. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, Casey Goodson, the other young man, was shot. And, I mean, let's say it, killed, murdered. Um, you know, he lives about two miles away from where I live. And I don't know the guy or anything else, but I'm just saying it's got to stop. My dad was a police chaplain. Um, my dad loved the cops. Um, but I walked through him for the Canton Police Department. And he showed me. He's like, Chris, not all these guys are in it for the right reasons. He knew that. And, you know, there, there's a lot that needs to be done. So thanks for letting me go off. <laughs> it's been it's been a troubling thing, but no thanks, George. I appreciate it. Follow George Thomas. Um, lots of interesting stuff. He covers a lot of sports. Uh, you're still covering the University of Akron, right?
1: Yes, I am. That's a primary gig.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Um, and obviously you're covering Browns. Uh, what what are you covering on Sunday night? Um,
1: I'll be in. I mean, Normally, I would. Well, they might have they might have let me travel for that one. I probably right. but you know normally home games I'm definitely at the stadium. And okay. I what I do sidebars, notes, and um I'm the video guy. Yeah. So I, I cut video. Well and you guys do a podcast afterwards, right? Was that just yeah, one time? I use StreamYard. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, yeah. I knew it, so yeah. I we
0: helped did. run the Be uh, Control Facebook page, and you know, I'm like, man, I see George on a video. I'm like, wow, it's the other Browns reporters, and I'm like, cool, very awesome. So, very good.
1: Cool. All right, I gotta pick up my son.
0: Yeah, I got a rule too, but hey, it's great uh, talking to you, George. By George Thomas is his Twitter. Please follow him on there. It's good. Thanks for checking out the Ohioan. Uh, George, stick around for 10 seconds afterwards, and
1: we'll chat more later. Have, have a great night, everybody.